Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, well, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast and to our Wednesday episode where we talk about issues that are happening inside the church, even with a view to talk about foundational issues. And and today we're going to talk about the sufficiency of Scripture. Now, the sufficiency of Scripture we need to understand is a central tenet of the Christian faith. When we talk about the sufficiency of Scripture, we're speaking about how the Scriptures are all that the Christian needs to equip them for a life of faith and service to God. Uh, and, the, and the sufficiency of Scripture, it also, it helps Bible readers understand how it has always been the Lord's intention to reconcile humanity to himself through the Lord Jesus. No other writings are necessary for the good news of the gospel to be understood other than the Scriptures, nor are there any other writings required to equip God's people for the life of faith. And so as we begin to discuss the sufficiency of Scripture... It's essential to explain that what we're talking about is the 66 books that constitute the whole Word of God, both the Old and the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 15-17, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Paul here uses a word that means God breathed, which means the scriptures are not man breathed, spoken by man. With that said, the scriptures are penned by men. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For no prophecy has was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. No man-made writing is sufficient to equip man for every good work. Only the scriptures can do this. As this particular and this special work because only the Holy Spirit equips man to do it. And since the scriptures are sufficient to equip God's people thoroughly, nothing else is needed beyond the word of God. And Paul in Colossians 2 deals with the dangers local church face when the sufficiency of the Bible is challenged and merged with non-biblical writings, which are full of false doctrine. In in chapter 2, verse 8, Paul warns the church in Colossae when he says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Now, Jude is much stronger when he says in Jude 1.3, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I find it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. So you see, No other writing, no matter how godly the pastor, the theologian, the Bible teacher, the denomination they may come from, are to be as seen as equal to or even competing with the Word of God. The Bible is all that's necessary for the Christian to understand the character of God, the nature of man, the doctrine of sin, heaven, hell, salvation through the Lord Jesus alone. 
In fact, Paul, when writing to the Galatians, indicates the seriousness of delivering a message outside of Scripture when he says in Galatians 1.8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be a curse. One of the most potent verses on the topic of the sufficiency of Scripture comes from Psalm 19, 7-14 where David rejoices in the word of God, declaring it to be the perfect, the trustworthy, the right, the sure, and the altogether precious word of God. Sadly, such attacks today, they they come from inside our local churches, and they come on this subject through management techniques, through worldly methods of attracting a crowd, entertainment, extra-biblical revelation, mysticism, even some forms of psychological counseling that declare that the Bible and its precepts are not adequate for the Christian life. Uh, Jesus says this in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. What we need today is a recovery, uh, a hunger and a thirst for what the scripture says. When, when you open your Bible and read it, you are opening the very word of God. You see, God today, he speaks through his word. He uses faithful pastors and even Bible teachers who expose the meaning of the text to help people grow in the word of God. Jesus says in John 10 27 that his sheep hear his voice and he knows them and they and they follow him. The people of God are to be captivated with the voice of God contained in the 66 books of scripture. The scriptures are the voice of God and they alone are completely and utterly sufficient and binding and, and clear and and for every phase and every part of our lives. All, all around us are our people People today who are clamoring for attention. They want their voice to be heard, their teaching to be known. The sufficiency of Scripture instructs us that the Bible alone is sufficient for the Christian. As the Word of God is preached from the pulpit, as people gather around the church on the Lord's Day, they are, in fact, hearing the voice of God through the biblical text. And, and God uses a preaching of His Word to confound the wise and to expose the foolishness of man by pointing them to Christ alone. You see, I want to be clear about something today. Our great need today is not for more self-help thought, but it's instead for more of a hunger and a thirst for the righteousness of God. God has provided the means of his word via the Old and the New Testament. The Bible is not a church growth manual, nor is it a self-help book. God uses the word to open the eyes of the blind and to bring eternal life into the hearts of the lost. Even so, God God uses his word to equip the church. Our great need in the church today is not for more programs. Our great need in a biblically illiterate age is to become well-versed in Scripture. In America, we have the treasure after treasure of great biblical resources, and yet we're spiritually poor, lethargic, and apathetic. We're tossed too easily to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every theological fad, and more. And yet, we have sound biblical resources, more sound biblical resources than anywhere else in the world. 
The people of God in America have access to Bibles nearly everywhere, at, at our local churches, in our bookstores, on the internet, and more. And yet, the statistics show us in America that people are biblically illiterate. And when I say biblically illiterate, what I mean is they don't even know the basic facts of the Bible. They don't know the, the basic stories, the basic ideas. They, they don't even know where to find them. In fact, the statistics are alarming. They don't know who preached this, the Sermon on the Mount, nor do they know the Ten Commandments, nor do they know where to find them. So how does this matter? Because it's into this present age of the church that's a sufficiency of Scripture. It confronts and even challenges us. If we say we believe the right things about the Bible itself, then we will do what Scripture teaches. In fact, the sufficiency of Scripture challenges the need for continued revelation, uh, such as prophecy and those kind of things, because, because it teaches that the Bible alone is sufficient for our faith for our practice. If you were to but pick up the scriptures and daily read them, God would use the scriptures in your life through the Holy Spirit to address sin areas in your life that you may not even be aware of. And yet the Lord knows them, those areas of your life. The Lord knows exa the exact condition of your heart today. There's nothing hidden from him. In fact, even so, the Lord also longs to provide mercy and grace for you that he has accomplished for you through Christ alone. So whether you open your, your Bible daily or not, uh, that's not the issue. At, at the root of daily Bible reading is to see the Bible as the very Word of God given to you, as, as a love letter uh, that it's been said. Only then will you see that in the pages of the Bible is the very food that your soul longs for. And when you don't open the Word of God and don't have any hunger for it, what you're showing is that you have no hunger for God himself, nor to grow in the grace of God. Uh, that reveals a heart that's decaying and it's apathetic about God himself. It's one that doesn't desire to honor God. And, and I want to be clear about something. The sufficiency of Scripture challenges us at precisely this point. The Bible alone is sufficient for the faith and the practice of the people of God. The, the Scriptures are sufficient for our lives and our ministry. The Scriptures matter because it helps us to see our great need of Christ and His greatness in Christ to meet that need. So, so wherever you are at today, the sufficiency of Scripture, it matters. In the Scriptures, God has chosen to reveal himself fully. It's through these 66 books that God himself chooses to speak, and he does so for the glory of his great name to a world that believe its own truth matters more. Only the voice of God thundering from the scriptures can pierce through the fog of a post-truth world. And this is precisely what the sufficiency of scripture does. It pierces through the fog of our need today, despite the fact that many in the church today are saying we need to have visions, dreams, or even more revelation from God to make this decision or that decision or, or to do this and that. But you see, what God has said in his word is alone enough for all of our faith, for all of our practice, for the Christian life and ministry. As Christians, we are to trust the Word, because behind those scriptures is the character of a holy, just, omnipotent, and omnipresent God. The Word of God is never going to change, but the hearts of men change as they respond to the Word. 
In fact, the only proper response to the word of God is repentance, faith, and obedience because of the grace of God. What is your response to the sufficiency of the scriptures today? Will you repent of your apathy, dear Christian, towards the word of God? Do you long for more of the righteousness of Christ? Do you long to grow in the grace of God? God knows, and he sees the condition of your heart. So my plea today as you're listening to this or even watching this uh, is that you'll trust him who is utterly sufficient in and of himself. He, he has revealed himself in the word to you. He alone is enough for you. That is why the sufficiency of scripture not only matters to understand, but it's critical to understand in the present time in which we are living in. In fact, the sufficiency of Scripture, it means that Scripture alone is sufficient for the life and godliness for every phase and every part of the Christian life. The, the Scriptures are a light to the Christian to guide Christians on the path of godliness. Scripture is, is more reliable than spiritual experiences. Uh, the sufficiency of Scripture helps lead the people to saving faith. The, the sufficiency of Scripture instructs the, the most well-instructed Christian and the layperson in fact, the scripture was, was given by God to parents to educate their children and, and can bring a child to saving faith in Christ. Paul wrote that all scripture is given by inspiration. It's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. In fact, the four features mentioned by Paul help equip Christians to live out the Christian faith. And with the first uh, term, teaching, what Paul means is that scripture instructs the Christian on how to live, what to believe, what the Lord expects of them. Teaching is related to content and doctrine, which fits with Jesus' teaching in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18-20. The disciples are to be taught to observe all that's commanded. The scriptures instruct the people of God to know how to live in obedience to the Lord. And with the second word, reproof, used by Paul, he shows the Bible's purpose of an admonishment. The term reproof has to do with pointing out where a person has erred or departed from the Lord. Scripture alone can judge the heart when a, when a Christian has moved from doctrine or practice from the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. In fact, the next word used by Paul, correction, is the companion to reproof. The Bible not only shows people where they're wrong, but it also identifies the correct attitude, the correct belief or behavior that they should put uh, on in its place. And in fact, Paul teaches that Scripture is for training of righteousness. This means that the Scriptures show Christians how to put its teaching into practice daily with illustrations and with examples. And between the Bible and the indwelling Holy Spirit, the Christian needs no additional revelation to be informed on how to live out the Christian life. Pastors and Bible teachers today are, are supplied to assist in the process of spiritual growth, but even their ministries are founded on and informed by the all-sufficient and binding and clear word of God. In fact, John Calvin said it this way, all of our wisdom is contained in the scriptures, and neither ought we to learn nor teachers to draw their instruction from any other sources. The, the sufficiency of scripture, it means whatever questions, whatever trials the people of God are facing, they are to go to the word for their answers. God's word is the final authority for the Christian in all matters of faith and doctrine and life. Christians should seek out godly guidance, but we should test all advice against the word of God. In fact, when we lack wisdom, 
We're to pray for God to grant it and to seek it eagerly from the mouth of God. In fact, Paul taught the Colossians they were to continue to grow in the word of God, which tells them of Christ in Colossians 2, 6-8. through 8. See, church leaders are to build their ministries on the rock of the word of God. We're not to depend on man's ideas or, or to be influenced or swayed by philosophies or programs. First, the 1 Corinthians 3, 10-13 is a sober warning for every Christian. The building mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 3, 10-13 is the church. The Lord has given the people of God instruments to build the local church. In fact, the wisdom of God contained in the precious treasure of Christ is to be used by the preacher to build up, to equip the people of God. Paul builds not with the wisdom of men, but but with the gospel of Christ contained in the word of God. Scripture alone gives the people of God the truth that they need to live and to grow in as the church of Jesus Christ. John Murray was right when he said, Our dependence upon Scripture is total. The Westminster Shorter Catechism asks, What do the Scriptures principally teach? And the answer, the Scriptures principally, principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. You see, everything that the Christian needs for life and godliness is contained in Scripture. Pastors and Bible teachers, we, we don't have to make it up as we go. We need to be faithful to the to the revealed 66 books in Scripture and to teach it. Because the Scripture alone, well, it'll help the Christian to grow so that we can preach, we can teach, we can write biblical teaching even, articles and books and so on to help people grow in grace and to trust the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God in the life of His people. So Scripture helps Christians to have a genuine biblical knowledge that that goes from knowing to doing the Word of God, as James 1, 22-26 talks about. Scripture is a mirror that reflects the state of the heart of the individual, and it helps them to grow in the grace of God. The Scriptures are the final authority for faith and practice for the Christian. Church leaders must be faithful to the word and to use the means of grace to equip the saints to help them grow in Christ. The word of God must take center stage in the preaching and the worship of the people of God. Not flashy lights, not entertainment, no other thing, but proclaiming the word of God faithfully. Psalm 119, 93 and 105 says this, But I will never forget your precepts, for for by them you have given me life. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, the sufficiency of Scripture is a critical tenet, crucial tenet of the Christian faith. And by Scripture, we mean the 66 books that constitute the Word of God, both Old and New Testament. By sufficiency, we mean that the Scriptures are all that the Christian needs in order to be equipped for a life of faith and service to God. And so the sufficiency of Scripture means it helps readers understand how it has always been the Lord's intention to reconcile humanity to himself through the Lord Jesus. No other writings are necessary for the good news of the gospel to be understood other than the scriptures, nor are any other writings required to equip the people of God. This is why Paul says in 2 Timothy three fifteen through 17 And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, my my plea for you today is that, dear you, you listening or watching this, 
is that you'll trust him who's utterly sufficient in and of himself. He has revealed himself to you in the word of God, and he alone is enough for you. You see, scripture's sufficiency, it means that God's word is reliable. It's trustworthy for the faith and the practice of the people of God. Our view in this point affects how we read and even how we interpret the Bible. I've often heard Christians in Bible studies ask, what does this verse mean to you? And that, that question gets my attention because there's a difference between explaining what the text generally means and what I feel the text means. And so rather than asking, what does this text mean to you? We should ask, what does this text mean? teach or even how should I interpret this verse you see reading and studying the Bible it's not concerned with what we feel the text may mean but rather what the biblical text actually says and teaches every biblical text has a meaning and a purpose which is why every Christian must study scripture diligently to know it and to conform to its truth the Feltonese approach to biblical interpretation it's it's extremely dangerous because it reveals the presupposition that feeling lies at the same level of biblical truth. And so to examine what the Bible teaches is to engage in sound principles of biblical interpretation to conform to the teaching of the truth in the trustworthy word of God. A feeling-centered mindset it, it, it not only, is not only dangerous during our Bible studies, but also during our trials. Because to be a disciple of Jesus is to be a learner, to be a student of Jesus. As such, the Christian life is profoundly doctrinal in that we have teaching from Scripture. And so when James tells Christians to consider it all joy when they face various trials, in James 1, uh, 2-3, we know that joy is both practical and doctrinal. True joy stems from the Lord, who is the fount of all joy, who will provides both real and practical joy through the Holy Spirit. In fact, to endure trials, we need to know the Lord who provides peace and joy and comfort both before, during, and after trials. Such knowledge comes from the Word of God. Uh, neither Bible study nor, nor the Christian life are centered on our feelings. They are centered on being mastered by the Word of God that, that we may be anchored in God's truth, whether in good times or bad. So, so whether in Bible studies or in writing, I've often seen Christians functionally equate Scripture and personal experience when it comes to issues of sufficiency. And the danger of this approach is that it says Scripture is sufficient in every way, but then it adds, my feelings matter too. And, and this causes problems in our view of growth in the Christian life and service. Going back to the example of trials, I've been told by many Christians that the Lord is distant from them, and yet the Scripture teaches in Psalm 145, the Lord is near. And so affirming the sufficiency of Scripture, it's a good start, but we need to understand how it affects our lives. And if we fail to understand this point, we will see feelings at the same level of biblical truth rather than regulated by the Scriptures. And the Scripture teaches a lot about emotions, but, but you see, they never teach we are to give in to anger. Instead, the scriptures teach the difference between righteous and unrighteous anger. Our feelings, such as anger, need an anchor greater than our feelings. They need divine truth and to be taught by the word of God. And so we don't ground our lives in our feelings. We ground our lives in the sufficient word of God. Feelings are not the final authority, and yet feelings are theological. And as such, they should be accounted for and understood in light of the scripture. 
You see, biblical doctrine provides the foundation for life in Christ and ministry in the local church and outside of it. The scripture is sufficient, dear pastor, so preach the 66 books in the word of God. The, the scripture is sufficient, dear worship leader, so teach the people of God to sing songs that are grounded in the word of God. The scriptures are sufficient, dear youth pastor, so preach and teach children, teenagers, college students, the whole counsel of the word of God, that they may be equipped to walk and minister in a manner worthy of the grace of God. Dear church elder and elder board, please function in your ministry as overseers under the sufficient word of God. Dear Christian editor, parent, podcaster, writer, the scripture is sufficient, so teach from it and live by it. The Bible is enough, as Dr. Matthew Barrett rightly notes. He says, we need not look for a new, additional, or better revelation. We have God's best word already, and nothing needs to be added to it. I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode, uh, our Wednesday episode of Equipping You in Grace. Until next week on Monday and Wednesday, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.